Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Acacia Podcast, where we're having real talk, practicing real faith, and growing deep roots. I'm your host, Chris Fields, and I'm so glad that you're here today. I hope that you've had a week where your curiosity about God has been piqued in all the best ways, and that in some small or large way, you've taken time to explore that and to invite God deeper into some area of your life. And honestly, I just feel like no matter how long we've been a Christian um, or how mature we are, it's always a place of constant need for growth um, to invite God deeper into our lives. So that's something I have to remind myself of. I mean, on the daily, like human nature is to be fiercely self-dependent, self-reliant, And God is saying, no, come to me, come to me, invite me in. And so I hope that that is a little snapshot of what your week has been like Um, in the midst of the, the joys and the challenges. I pray that you have just invited God in. I really just want to take a second to thank you all for your feedback, for your encouragement. Um, For those of you all who just say, you know what, I can relate to what you've shared um, about body image issues. Like, it's such a common thing that I think we maybe don't talk about as much. Um, I think we talk about it a lot within our own heads and with ourselves. But I think it's a conversation that we need to invite others into and especially invite God into. So thank you all for your feedback there. Um, And as I have taken more time to just explore my own story, my own experiences, my own feelings, um, I've just been thinking a lot this week about God's story, aka the Bible. And, you know, the Bible is basically just the story of God and his creation and his fierce love. It tells us what God initially had in mind. It tells us what happened. How did man mess it up in the Garden of Eden? And then it tells us God's plan of of redemption, you know, the consequence for man messing stuff up, how he's going to bring things to pass, and how the story all ends. Like, he gave us the whole play-by-play from beginning to end in the Bible. Genesis to Revelation tells us the whole story. And so he uses all these different people and characters in the Bible to paint the picture for us. So we see these real people having these various experiences and how God responds to to them and to their situations and circumstances. And... I don't know. It's just been, um, it's really been intriguing to me to consider, I guess, kind of parallel the story of God and the story of the Bible with my story, the story of Chris Fields, right? And you, who, whomever you are listening, there's a story of you. Um, So all the various experiences that we have, our family of origin, um, our friend group, the, the country or city or state that we grow up in. Did we grow up in the city? Did we grow up in the country? Did we grow up in another country? Like God 
has orchestrated all these things um, to create whomever it is that we are. And some of us have stories that have lots of hurt and pain in it. All of us have stories that have some hurt and pain in it. Some, the, the degree of that hurt and pain is, is varied, but we all have that and we all have different joys, um, different challenges along the way, uh, different conflict. Like we all have these stories. And I think as I have been processing my story a little bit more, you know, going back to the episode on body image issues and, you know, some of the experiences that I had at a very young age, it's just reminded me um, of how the stories in the Bible are real. And I don't know, I think because we grow up hearing these stories, many of us, you know, I, re- I realized that some people did not grow up in a environment where you heard a lot of Bible stories or read a lot of the Bible, um, and that's okay. But if you grew up in church and you grew up um, reading the Bible within your home, you've heard a lot of the the stories that are like popular, like David and Goliath, right? David defeats this big giant with a smooth stone and a slingshot. Or you hear, you've heard the story of God parting the Red Sea so the children of Israel could walk through when they were being pursued by the Egyptians, right? Um, Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel is thrown in the lion's den for obeying God and worshiping God. And instead of God not putting him in that situation or just not allowing that to go down, he lets it. He lets him go in the lion's den and he has the lion to not harm Daniel. So Daniel's in there chilling and the next morning, when they come, he's like, all right, y'all gonna let me out of here? You hear that story. Um, You hear the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the the three boys walking around in the fiery furnace and them saying, I thought we put three men, but now I see a fourth one. And the, the fourth one looks like the son of man, like, and it's God rescuing them. Um, you see all these stories, and the list goes on. I could go on Noah in the boat, um, Peter walking on water. Like, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the Bible is chock full of stories of people defeating great odds. And the plug is the people are not the hero. So, David, oftentimes, you hear illustrate, illustrations by pastors and it's almost like they make David out to be the hero. And while we do learn a lot, like we see a lot of characteristics, we see his faith in God, we see bravery, we see his warrior-like nature, um, we see his strength. Uh, that, that wasn't the point of the story is not to say David is just this amazing man. The point of the story is to say the God of David is amazing and he is faithful and he came through and he helped him defeat this enemy that seemed impossible to defeat. And so when I think of those stories and, you know, I think just growing up, we hear those stories and it seems really cool. Like, wow, this is a great story. Almost like, you know, my kids 
are kind of slowly phasing out of the Paw Patrol area. I'm sorry, the Paw Patrol era. Um, But when they watch Paw Patrol, it's like, wow, you see them going on these great adventures and doing these amazing things. And it's like, wow, you really defeated this enemy. And that there's something just exciting about that. Like, you saved the day. Just yelp for help. Like, there is something exciting about that. Um, I just watched Shakari Richardson um, win the women's 100 meter. And there is something amazing about watching someone at the top of their game killing it. Like, there's just something godlike and beautiful about that. So I think there is something in our hearts that is just wired for the glory of seeing someone operating in who God created them to be and doing something amazing, um, doing the impossible, defeating a, an impossible enemy or accomplishing something that it seems like no one can accomplish. That's why we get so into the Super Bowl and the NBA playoffs. It's like there is something in us that is wired for that. And I think the the weight, the fact that God wired us like that is he wired us like that so that we can see him. Um, we can see his expression. We can see his mark, his fingerprint on us, on, you know, the people who we read about in these stories um, in the Bible. And otherwise, like, he, he's wired us that way on purpose. But I think what's harder to see oftentimes is the way in which God has been at work in our lives. How has he helped us to defeat great enemies? And I don't mean enemies like in the Old Testament, where most of us are not fighting a war where we have physical enemies. Many of us are fighting spiritual battles. And, you know, the things that we continue to struggle with, our sin issue, our pride, our selfishness, our impatience, our lust, like those are the things that many of us are having to contend with, or like I spoke about on my last episode, um, having to deal with thought, my thought life, like is my thought life about myself reflective of how God, what God says and how God feels about me? And if the answer is no, which keeping it 100, that has been my answer, then it's like, okay, how can I invite God into this and pursue life his way in whatever area? And I just think that that's something that God deeply, deeply desires for us to be able to do. Um, And it's really encouraging because it can just feel so disconnected. Um, The stories that we read compared to what we're experiencing in our lives. But my, I guess I'll say, what I can say with confidence is that one, those stories are real. So those extraordinary things, those impossible things that we read about um, in the Bible, those are things that God, the God of the universe actually did. Those are ways he actually came through. So just take a second and imagine, like, what if 
God actually parted the Red Sea when his children were in a desperate situation. The army is pursuing them from the back. This, the big body of water is in front of them. It's do or die. What do we do? And God says, do not fear. I'm gonna open up this water and I want you to go through. You will go through on dry land. And you go through, even though it seems crazy, you go through and your enemies are coming after you. And as soon as the last person cross over, the water rushes down and the, the enemy that was pursuing you is in the water, no longer there. Like what, that's crazy. One, that's crazy. Two, what if that is true? And what if that same God is saying, hey, so-and-so, I love you. I know you. I know everything about you. And I want to enter into your story just as powerfully. And the truth of the matter is, that is the case. And I think it's up to us to, and that's why I talk so much about inviting God in because God has made it clear from the very beginning, from Genesis chapter three, with the creation of Adam and Eve, that he is a gentleman. He gives us free will. He allows us to make decisions. And so we have to use that free will um, to, by faith, invite him into the circumstances and the situations of our lives. And I know when I talk about that, um, it could feel kind of vague, like, okay, how is it that I invite God in? How do I invite God in? And I'm just going to keep, this is a, what do you call it? This is a drum that I'm going to beat into the ground. Like, I'm going to try to say it in so many different ways because I think it's just the plug on life. Like, I think it's so important to learn how to access God, how to invite him in, how to communicate with him and talk to him. So whatever the situation, you know, let's take my example. I realized that I'm having these issues on the way I see myself. And I realized that one is sinful. It's not pleasing to God. If God has created, it's like if my daughter were to walk around saying, I'm an elephant, I'm an elephant, acting like an elephant, trying to eat, I don't know what elephants eat, but if she's trying to eat whatever elephants eat and like go out and like sling mud on her because she's saying she's an elephant, that is so offensive. That is like extreme, like the audacity of you to say you're an elephant. I created you. Like I know who you are. And the parent is the person who gives identity. Um, oftentimes that is abused. It's not, we don't attribute the identity that God has given us to attribute to our kids, but in the same way, God has given us an identity as his children. He's called us by name. He's um, uniquely designed us for his glory. And so if I'm not seeing myself the way that God desires me to, then one is sinful. Two, I'm not able to walk in my purpose. I'm not able to show up authentic. I'm sorry, authentically as myself, um, 
because I'm consumed with myself in a sense. And so it's something that it's like, I have to invite God into this circumstance. Like we can't change our feelings. Your feelings are your feelings. And so we're not to be controlled by our feelings, but God gave us our feelings for a reason. So I consider myself to be a feeler. I love feelings. I talk about feelings. I encourage other people to figure out what's happening, what they are feeling, um, because I believe that our feelings are kind of like a check engine light. It's an indicator of, of where we are in our relationship with God. And so if my check engine light is saying, hey, there's something going on here, then that's a good place for me to stop and really think through vulnerably, um, naked and unashamed, right? Like that is the initial way that God created us to live, naked and unashamed. But because of our sin, because of our guilt, because of our shame, we put all these coverings on. And God wants to free us from that so that we can just let him heal us, let him love us, let him give us purpose and point us in the direction that he wants us to go for his glory and for our good, right? So once you have vulnerably explored what it is that you are dealing with, what is that circumstance that you need God to show up in, then I think it's a matter of not relying on yourself and getting desperate enough to know that, you know what, I need, this is above me. Like that that little video that went viral maybe a year or so ago, it's above me now. We have to get to that place where we're like, you know what, this is above my pay grade. I can't change my feelings. I can't control the outcome of the circumstance. This is a place where I need God to show up and to point me to something better. And I think the entire Bible just continues to show us that, like man and woman <laughs> continue to pursue the lesser good thing. We continue to pursue our own way, our own kingdom, to build wealth, to build success over here, to build power. Like we, that is the way that we try to go. And God is always saying, I offer something better. I offer something better. So it's up to us to say, you know what? By faith, I'm going to trust that you offer something better. And when we talk about um, practicing real faith, I think it looks like first, really having to come to Jesus with, do I believe in whatever the better is? Like, do I actually believe that there is, that God has something better to offer me than whatever it is that I'm pursuing in my own strength? And I think we have to be really honest about that. Um, sometimes the answer is no, and we need God to change our perspective. And I think that comes through time in his word and prayer and fasting even. That's why I mentioned that I really had to fast and pray about this because it was something that was so, it's still present, not as strongly, but it has been something for so long that has been so deeply rooted that I think that it wasn't going to be uprooted without a strong effort spiritually to pray and ask God to do the work that only he can do. So 
my encouragement today is just that the God of the Bible wants to show up in your story. There is a story of you, just like we read the story of David and uh, Moses and Noah and Abraham. There is a story of you. And God has good things in store for you. He wants to enter into your life. He's already been at work. It's Most of the time, it's just us discovering how he's been at work. But one thing I do know, and I can say with confidence, is that he is pursuing you. He has good things for you. And he is committed to you. So it's just up to you to invite him in. So I just encourage you to do that to invite him in to your story and allow him to see the beauty of his faithfulness towards you. Allow him to partner with you in in just becoming the person that he desires for you to be. Um, that's my, my prayer and my hope for you. So that said, I just wanted to... I just want to read one quick scripture um, that I think is, I don't know, I'm not going to say it's a one for, it's not all encompassing of of what I've talked about here, but it's just a scripture that was on my heart for today. It comes from Jeremiah chapter nine, verses 23 and 24. And it says, this is what the Lord says. The wise person should not boast in his wisdom. The strong should not boast in his strength. The wealthy should not boast in his wealth. But the one who boasts should boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, showing faithful love, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things. This is the Lord's declaration. And I just read that to encourage you that God's word encourages us that none of those things that we seek to boast in will satisfy us. But instead, boast in the fact that you know God. And when you know God, he will help you to understand your story. And he will help you to understand how he's at work in your story. And he will make the things, even the things that feel really hard and really challenging, he will create beauty out of those things. That's that's what he wants for you. That's what he wants for all of us. So I pray that you would be able to experience that increasingly. I pray that for myself too, child. So just going to close in prayer. Um, thank you, Father, for your commitment to us. Thank you for your love for us. Would you help us to invite you into our story? And as we do, would you gift us with curiosity, with vulnerability? Help us to process whatever it is that you bring to mind. When we read your word, would you allow it to quench our thirst? And would you draw our hearts more to yourself? Teach us how to love you and serve you with our lives. Help us to know that you're worth it. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon.